Do you wish somebody wrote down the recipe for your parenting challenges? Did you want tips and tricks to become a better mama for you and your babies? I know I do. If you're a mother who feels that you are doing the best you can with the hands you've been dealt, but you're still getting it done, then this podcast is for you. I'm so glad you tuned in to Nailed It Motherhood because we might have the recipe that nobody wrote down. What's up, everybody? I'm Tamara Eldridge, your host with The Most, and I am so excited to welcome you to the first episode of the Nailed It Motherhood podcast. Maybe about two years ago, I had this idea to start a podcast as I watched all these amazing moms remove layers and layers and layers in general conversations about our kids. I listened to a lot of their challenges while I was in awe that they had so much on their plate and are still raising kids. I ran the idea past a couple folks that I thought would make awesome guests and their feedback was certainly encouraging. So two years later, (laughs) I find myself stuck sometimes because I'm raising a naturally born leader who has the absolute strongest personality that you will ever see. My partner started his podcast and I was super inspired to get back to my idea. So here we are. So if you've ever watched the Netflix show, Nailed It, you know that contestants desire to be great bakers, but due to some issues with either taste and or presentation, they never quite meet professional baking standards. That's how I feel about parenting. Anybody with me on that? Sometimes I have no clue what I'm doing, but I get it done and I feel like I just want to present my child behind the screen and drop it so I can scream, nailed it. (laughs) A couple years ago, I wrote a letter that was kind of to my daughter, but more so it was just me journaling about my experience before she got here and then some moments leading to me expressing myself about raising her. So at this time, I'm going to read the letter just so you can get a little taste of my own personal story before I invite other guests to come on and be vulnerable in their storytelling. So the letter is called Deliver Us From. Dun, dun, dun. To my beautiful baby girl, I pressed on when I found out you were a seed growing inside of me. Mommy was not in a good place before your conception. I understand why they call babies miracles. Despite my history, mistakes, wins, praise breaks, it was you that shut me down and made me look up again. The year I carried you was probably one of the hardest years I've ever experienced emotionally. And it could be due to the hormones that my body was now generating but you gave me no choice but to keep it moving. To my listeners, I knew I was pregnant in January. My body was telling me almost immediately something was different. Despite 2018, which was actually an eerily dark year for me, I started the year off telling myself that I was no longer allowed to wallow and act a fool. 2019 had to be the year I got my life back. 
I told myself this was the year for me to sit in God's presence a little bit more so that I could understand why I felt like his hand wasn't there anymore. And then came you and peanut number two. I had no choice now. After only two weeks of contemplating if I wanted to see the results, I finally took a test. Man, that thing showed results faster than I could pee on that stick. And I could do nothing but laugh. I was in no place to be a single mother. And how the heck did this happen? I know I was being careful. But, uh, <laughs> nope. I was drunk as a skunk the night it happened. Yeah, church girl Tammy, who had it all together and had so much wisdom to offer the world, got sloppy drunk and messed around with the, mm, you might find out later. I find this important to note because it makes me a human being, much like the rest of my podcast will. I had no idea how I was going to do this, but I knew I had to. So I called two people and told them. And then I made an appointment to get another test to make sure it was really real. I had no insurance at this point. My prescription for Eliquis from a recent pulmonary embolism had just run out and I was taking aspirin every day since I couldn't afford the blood thinners. My life was already unknown and my year was supposed to be dedicated to me leaving men alone and finding out who I was again since I lost myself in that last relationship. Now I had no choice. I attended my appointment on my day off, a Wednesday. I drove to the free mom mobile, which was parked in the eeriest part of Philadelphia. With trepidation, I parked behind it about four cars down. I gathered my belongings, took a deep breath, and I got out of the car. I locked my door probably about four times just to make sure. I didn't need to be carjacked on top of everything that was already going on. The tech was super sweet. I had to pee in a cup and confirm that I was in fact pregnant before I could get a gestational age. The results again appeared very quickly. So I hopped on the table and got the cold gel squirted on me. Yes, the tech said. I thought, oh no. I dryly asked, there too she took her time and was kind and patient she couldn't confirm or deny what she was seeing but had to send the images to a lab to be read but what she could tell me is that she saw two beans in different sets my life felt like it just got that much harder oh but wait because i recently had a blood clot in my lungs literally three months prior I was now a double high-risk pregnancy. To add insult to injury, I was later diagnosed with gestational diabetes a little further down the line. Imagine having to stick yourself in the finger and the stomach multiple times a day. This is what my year being pregnant looked like. I lost baby B early in the pregnancy. I had a family debacle that brought me to my knees expressed to the father that I was not interested in pursuing a relationship but a friendship and got cussed out multiple times. I was told I don't make girls and then I was ghosted. I was abruptly cut off by my best friend 
And then I was asked to move about a month before I was due because of a potential jealousy of me having a baby. I think I cried for the last time in June that year. I don't think I had anything left to give. There wasn't any time to sulk. I was busy baking a baby. Also, there literally wasn't much time as I now was working my job 29 to 32 hours, coaching a new volleyball team, and driving for Lyft so that I could keep the rental car that I had. Oh, and I also had to find a place to move, and then I had to move. The next time I cried was on your birthday. You wailed for the first time. I bawled like a baby inside the chest of my gown. You already changed my life so much. Overwhelmed, anxious, ignorant, scared. What was going to happen when Shantae and Crystal left me in the hospital alone with you? Because I really meant to be someone's mom. You were so fragile, so small, yet so determined and observant. We saw this within your first 15 minutes of life on this side as you tried to hold your head up to see what was happening when I held you for the first time. I should have known then that you would keep me on my toes. Your delivery was a deliverance. You saved me from me, little girl. Without you, there is no guarantee that I would have been okay the year that I carried you. Because I knew I had to take care of me for you, I powered through any obstacle that stood before me. I'm reading this letter early in my podcast because your birth was the end of a decade or so of happenstances that shaped me. I was in a web of bad decisions, hurt, depression, and consequences. You reminded me that I could live again. Although you came closer to my mid-30s, you are the biggest reason for doing everything that I do now. When you force my arms around you while we watch TV, you remind me that it was you who forced me to stay the course. When you mimic a task that you saw me do days before, you remind me that you are watching me. And for that, I have to try to live my best life in front of you. When you form sentences and repeat new words that you're learning, you remind me that my drive and dreams can't stop because it limits your knowledge and understanding of the world around you. When you hurt yourself and run to me to kiss it, you remind me that I have a God that I should run to when I can't do anything about it. When we share a moment eating popsicles and you tap mine with yours and proclaim, me too, mom, I am encouraged to share my story with you and with the rest of the world. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. It was very important for me to share a part of who I was before I asked my guests to come on and be vulnerable. But I do want to remind everybody who's listening that vulnerability is not a weakness. It's actually a strength. So hopefully I, you got a little encouragement from my personal journey. And I hope you tune in for episode two and more journeys with me. In episode two, you will hear 
from one of my favorite introverts. If you like this episode and you want to hear more personal parenting stories, subscribe to my social media at Nailed It Motherhood Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can also be a guest on the podcast by completing a guest application. Thank you again, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.